Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33. Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs. I'm Denise Harper, co-host of the Morning Show with Bill and Denise, and program director for the Bridge. There's something special about sitting across the table from a friend, whether we've known them forever or for just a minute, with a good cup of coffee and an open heart. And hopefully, today's conversation will inspire and encourage you. I think if I were to pick a person that has been one of my favorite people to have conversations over the rims of mugs, meaning having a cup of coffee with a friend, (laughs) it would be you, Brenda Wood, in the studio with me today. (laughs) Thank you for spending a little time here and Oh, my gosh, thank you. I mean, just to have coffee with you has always been a pleasure, and it's been a while. It has been a while, (laughs) and so I'm glad we could get together today. We are having coffee. Uh, Behind the scenes, sometimes you wonder, (laughs) is this just the uh, theater of the mind, or are we actually, yes, we're really having coffee today. But uh, I wanted to just spend a little time hearing about your story, and this is the reason why I love that thought so much about conversations over the rims of mugs because something happens when you just settle in having coffee with a friend or someone you're getting to know which is what we did early on and finding out each other's stories you know the the different fabric of our lives what's brought us to the place that we are today and how we got there what we're becoming what our dreams are yeah and so I wanted to really get a chance to unpack some of what God has done in your life, Brenda. Ah, So thank you for being willing to come and share part of that today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're married to Michael. Yes. How long have you been married? Ah, April 21st this year, 20 years. Ah, a (laughs) milestone. Congratulations. Pretty excited about that. (laughs) 20 years. That's amazing. Okay. So um, what's your favorite date? What what do you love to do? You know, honestly, our favorite date is throwing our dog, our new dog now. We had a dog for 13 years we lost last year. And we have a new baby. His name is Cash. Uh, pre-named by, uh, after Johnny Cash, <laughs> um, but throwing our dog in the truck and picking up pizza and going out to watch a sunset and talking. Oh, nice. <laughs> like at the beach or? Well, we live on the Eastern Shore, so yeah. actually um, at one of the rivers, many okay. rivers, gotcha. uh, where it's more quiet. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a favorite date. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. All right, you have a uh, favorite food. <laughs> pizza no I don't know what's your favorite oh food? how did you know <laughs> well I, it is it actually mine and Michael's that's funny you said that because it we did not plan that it is our absolute favorite only I eat it way way less than uh. Michael does <laughs> well oh, we have some funny. guilty pleasures at times so what do you have a tip coming up on 20 years of marriage what's a marriage tip that you could share oh 
Hate to go right into the deep end, but I'll tell you, it is keep God first. Mm. Keep Him first in your life. Um, I've always heard God, your family, and maybe your children, and Mm -hmm. Michael and I do not have children, but I'll tell you, it was it's God, our relationship, and then everything else. Mm. Um, And in our lives in the past, uh, for a time period, it was God, our own individual selves, to Mm. grow and to heal. Um, And then it was us. And that's what brought us to 20 years today after what we've been through. Were you believers when you met? I don't know. Okay. Denise, you know, I grew up uh, knowing the Lord's Prayer. Mm. I grew up believing in God. I did not grow up in a church community, a family community like that. I did not have a relationship with the Lord, uh, so I really didn't know what his voice sound like. Mm. Uh, Michael had a little more involvement, although he still says he was dragged out kicking and screaming to go to church when he was little. Um, But he had a little bit more involved because he was with a family that stayed involved with a a church of three generations, um, which is why I got involved when I first met him. Yeah. What attracted you to each other? You know, it's such an interesting question, because when we first met, <laughs> we, were, we were and we still are totally mismatched. <laughs> if you were to really know both of us, you're like, what? You know, How I think, did this happen? I know, and I think a lot of people say that. I don't know how God put us together. Uh, and then you figure that out later mm. when you stick with God. We met through a, a mutual friend, very good friend, um, and I had just moved to the area. And I'd come from... Uh, brokenhearted relationship, so I wasn't looking. But when she introduced us, we literally looked at each other like, "Eh, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) And when I moved to Easton, um, our very good friend Maureen, she's the one that I really knew there. I didn't know very many people. And to be honest with you, back 25 years ago, 24 years ago, I, I was a I love the party. I love that life. And so we often got together with friends and and good times. And one of the flags and one of the reasons at first I wasn't interested in Michael is because he, at the time when I met him, was not driving because of a DWI he had. Mm -hmm. So uh, no interest there in the very beginning. Yeah. What changed? A lot changed. Time with him. My turn to drive Michael somewhere or to pick Michael up. We were all good friends. And that that was kind of the neat thing is he really did have so many really great friendships. And as I got to know him, something that occurred to me now when I think back is he was so authentic. He he wasn't hiding behind anything. He wasn't trying to impress me. He was Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more than that on those car rides, and I can remember – probably the first one that really impacted me. I remember what road we were on. I don't remember where we were going. But Denise, I remember it as if it was yesterday. But I felt completely able to be open and honest and have a conversation with him about anything. And and he asked some pretty pointed questions. And I was so comfortable. But more than that, it was his wisdom and kindness that struck me. It really struck Mm. me. And that began a whole different level of the friendship. And that's a good place to 
start really absolutely absolutely and Mm -hmm. for three months we actually did spend a lot of time together as friends and it was uh july fourth weekend when my girlfriend was going out of town and she said you're in charge michael she doesn't know anybody take her to all the events you know to the fireworks (laughs) you were set up in other words (laughs) yeah and um and that day we spent so much time together that Uh. we knew there was something more and We've been together ever since, actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're really sweet together. Thank you. Thank you. And then when we were having coffee one day and I began to hear part of your story, mm-hmm. I had no idea, which, mm-hmm. you know, is one of those things we sometimes assume things about people when we get to when we meet them, uh, that they're they have everything together, or maybe that they don't have everything <laughs> together, you know, I mean, but we we really don't sometimes take the time. And once we unpack some of those things, we realize, wow, there is a depth of life that they have lived. And what can I learn from that? And what can I give back? We hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Rims of Mugs, made possible by Iconic Sparkle. Get fun and fashionable accessories such as necklaces, earrings, and bracelets that can go with any outfit for any occasion for just $5. Owner Mandy Heinz desires to change the world through her accessories and what it allows her to offer. Fashion accessory advice, boosting confidence, and training those who want to start their own business. Learn more at IconicSparkle.com or on their app. When did you first realize that there was a problem? (laughs) That is such a great question. And I'll tell you why. Because I think more people in my surrounding recognize there was a problem way before I did. And my first response to that question is probably right after we got married or right before we got married, actually, when I realized it was a problem. But... Looking back, the problem really was my inability to recognize the difference between maybe uh, immaturity or poor lifestyle choices, poor lifestyle choices, versus a real issue that may lead to addiction, or that was addiction. Mm. Really could not tell the difference, Mm -hmm. Um, which I really somewhat believe or or strongly believe, I shouldn't say somewhat, I strongly believe uh, it's an issue today with many of us. We overlook in our own selves, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our friends, in our community, in the world. We overlook not just habits, but choices that lead to addictions or lead to chronic illnesses or other issues. Mm -hmm. So when I really first noticed was right before our marriage, you know, I still went through because of that car ride. Mm -hmm. And that uh, between time that two years together, that still was filled with wisdom and knowledge. And what I call Mike Wood porch talks, Mm -hmm. everybody always came to Mike. And I would listen and I was welcomed in those conversations. He really um, had wisdom of God that I'd never heard before. Hmm. I grew to love that. Yeah. And wanted more of that. You were attracted to that treasure that was in within him. That was it. That yeah. was it. Absolutely. Do you think sometimes we give I mean, I don't know, is there such a thing as giving too much grace? Or I have a hard time 
holding the line for somebody. Like, you know, I I want to give grace all the time. And sometimes it's tough love. And tough love is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you really love that person. I have a great analogy for that or a great story around that question because I wish, of course, we always say, gosh, if I'd known that then. Mm-hmm. But if I'd known what I know now, I don't know if the path God would have taken us both to the path that he did. But I learned this in a program called Stephen's Ministry that we do at our church. Um, but they call it the pit, you mm-hmm. know, when somebody's in that pit, right? And they have a little stick figure of that person in the pit, and you're the stick figure outside the pit, and you're holding their hand, but your other hand's holding the tree, right? The tree of life. Mm-hmm. And the message is love them, do whatever you can, pray for them. Feed them from that branch, if you can just imagine that. Be um, like conduit. Do not get in the pit. Yeah. Don't let go of the branch. <laughs> Don't get in the pit. Well, in my life back then, this goes to your concern about when you know how much grace do you give. It really depends on your strength in the Lord, and it depends on your strength and where you're standing. Because I'll be honest with you, I got in the pit. Mm. I got in everybody's pit mm. 25 years ago. I got in everybody's pit. What's going on? I'll get right there with you. And and that was my lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was right there. That led me astray and led me into issues and problems. So this issue, because of the attraction of wisdom and because of the immense love that I had for him, back then I was, I don't know if you want to call it being naive, but I really thought, you know, he's going to figure this out. He'll figure it out. I also was too comfortable in the fact that I came from believe it or not, a, a background of a family of brothers with severe addiction, one that's clean 37 years today, one wow. that's uh, dead due to mm. suicide from an addiction, mm. and one who um, recently just got out of prison, who is very unhealthy and, you know, sixty over 60 years old and just really struggling, right? Mm. And you would think... That you would see it. You would see it. Mm-hmm. You would think, oh, there was only so much grace there. You would think, oh, turn and run away. And I had one really other truly good friend, one out of my whole surrounding, who didn't even live in the area, who was petrified and just kept not telling me what to do, but are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. So one of the things with Michael is he never got behind the wheel of a car drinking. You know, he got his license back eventually when... We were dating, and we both worked. He worked. He went to bed in the evening, went, got up and went to work. He didn't drink during the day. He was never mouthy abusive, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't abusive in any way. Um, he was just a nice, fun drunk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At, you know, evenings and weekends. When we got married, right before we got married and when we got married, honeymoon, the whole nine yards, the amount of drinking and then literally within those next couple of years it was pretty much every night by yeah. eight o'clock I didn't did not have a husband mm. and you talk about extending grace yeah it, it was two years before I really got help myself mm. as the quote-unquote enabler yeah. so what was the catalyst and how did you get out yeah. of the pit yeah you know I um I was tired yeah I was scared. I was more scared to lose him to death, falling down the stairs, um, just 
stupid mistakes. Um, but I was lonely. Yes. Um, I you talk about living a facade in my life, um, and which I felt like I finally grew away from because every relationship or you know friendship relationship or a dating relationship I had. I felt like I was living a facade and I was attracting the facades, right? You know, people that were living their careers or something. And when I met Michael, it was all different. And I was truly myself and I was loving life. And all of a sudden I found myself in a whole different facade, one that, like you said, you would have never had any idea. I would dry my tears in the morning. I was in sales, right? So Mm -hmm. put my big girl clothes on, Mm -hmm. dried my tears. I went to church. You know, I was singing in the choir. And I did finally open up to to two people in my church that I just loved and trust. Mm. And at this time, after, I want to say about five years really involved in the church, I wasn't really doing small group studies yet, which is a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't doing the type of servitude yet that really helped me know Christ and and love Him. And, but I I was definitely watching and being witnessed to by amazing lives. And that's what made my life so empty and knew that, wait a minute, something has to give. Mm-hmm. So after pleas and you know all kinds of pleas and the threatening letters of this is it, this is it, this is it, I just went to get help. I opened up. I revealed. I let his family know. I let everybody know it's going on with help. Yes. You know, people that aren't the the... One that's addicted oftentimes feel like, well, but I'm fine, right? I was not fine. Mm. I was not fine. Um, so I went to our local county addictions help, which pushed me and led me to Al-Anon, which I thought, like, mm-hmm. no tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, it's another story in itself, but I learned to walk and breathe and gain strength and... I got healthy. Everything about me got healthier. And I had the strength enough to do the true deadline this time mm-hmm. and the true l- talking in love. Um, I'll tell you one real story that was just, it was definitely God. Um, it was one of the many mornings where I'd gotten up for work, got dressed, dried the tears, and Michael was laying on the living room floor. A beautiful lamp, broken, that was given to us as, as a wedding gift, was broken and fallen on the floor next to him. Um, not a pretty scene, right? Um, I think he maybe threw up a little bit. And I remember going in the guest bedroom and get, gathering a pillow and gently putting his head, putting it under his head. And he gazed up at me, and I just looked at him. And I said, honey, I am so sad. I said, this is breaking my heart. This is not the life mm. that you want. This is not the life you told me you wanted. I said, I'm so sorry, and you have a real mess to clean up. And I walked away. Mm. And it wasn't too far after that that Michael had his own journey, too, with God. Yes. He had some pretty intense moments. I think God met him where he was. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. And that's when the the real work and the real help was sought. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes the journey was arm in arm. Sometimes it had to be an individual healing for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
But the most important part of it, Denise, was standing on my own two feet. And it may sound cliche. If you haven't walked this walk, people who have will know exactly what I mean when Mm -hmm. I say this. But you do have to be willing to let them go, meaning let them die, let them leave, let them go. I wanted him to find him. And instead of ever being angry with him, I was finding me. I was finding what made me healthy, what made me joyful, which made me strong in the the Lord. And actually that walk was with the Lord, Mm -hmm. was the wisdom through study and through the Bible and through people. And it gave me the strength to say, I don't care what happens to us as long as you have your life and you find what strengthens you and what brings you joy and what brings you hope and what brings you a life. If that's not with me, I have to accept that. But I know that you right now, that's not my joy. Mm-hmm. To get to that place is the hardest. That's that's the hardest. Yeah. The next hurdle is, are we going to make it? And that was uh, probably the, our next milestone. Mm. How did God reveal himself to you through this? Oh, through people, through love, through wisdom. And gosh, he revealed himself to me almost like it was a big relief. If, if I can explain it that way. It, that my, you could lean on him? I could lean on him. And this pressure to think that I had to fix something or I had to do something was just released off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Michael had the most extraordinary experience, or we both did. When he went into recovery, by the way, I think he's the only person in the world that went and interviewed three places before he checked himself <laughs> in. Because he wanted a place that God was, where God was present. Is that That's his, awesome. And he, he did. He found, he found the right place. It had a great family weekend program. His family went one week and I went. And one of the things when he came out of a 28-day program, they said for true success. And, and I've been learning this. The whole year he was in, in recovery, even after the 28 days. And mm-hmm. then the whole, they said, whatever you do the first year of your recovery, do not make any major decisions. Hmm. And we both vowed to put God first and then ourselves first, like I mentioned earlier to you. We put ourselves first. And to get healthy. To get to get right. healthy and strong and, and focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and our visions and our missions and any everything we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We there was nothing wrong with the marriage. I mean, we went to things together, we stayed together. Uh, actually it was quite a joyful year. And then our fourth wedding anniversary came up, and it was one month to the date away from his one-year sober anniversary, which is May 21st. And we were out to dinner, and he looked at me, and he goes, you know, May 21st is one month away. I'll be one year sober. I said, I know. Isn't it exciting? And I said, life's been great. And Denise, he turned to me and he says, I don't know if I love you like you love me. It took the wind right out of my sails. Wow. And I I was stunned, scared, all of those things. Now, what I'm about to tell you, if it hadn't been for the Lord, you talk about Lord really revealing himself. If it had not been for God, this would have never happened. Mm -hmm. So 
the human side of me, right? Yeah. I was crushed. I excused myself from the table and I I went to the room, to the bathroom, and I I prayed. Mm. There's people in there looking at me. I'm sobbing. I'm praying. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, give me something. Yeah. Give me something. I don't know what to do with this. And I came back and, um, you know, he continued to say how, you know, Brenda, I was, I was a drunk when I married you. And he just knew that I was filled with joy, filled with passion and life. If you look at the two of us, remember I said we're, we're, <laughs> we're completely mismatched. He's the quiet, smooth going guy, his mm-hmm. family, they count to 10 before they answer a question. You know, <laughs> if I speak in three seconds, I've interrupted. I mean, it was really that crazy. Yeah. And but anyway, he had said, um, he was afraid he couldn't love me like I love the world and loved him. And he it really worried him. Mm-hmm. So we I didn't say a word, we got out in the car, I'm still saying, God, I'm waiting for you, I'm waiting for you. And this is what God told me. And I said this to him. And I said, you know what, Michael? I said, I love you with all my heart. I love you exactly how you are. So you have some work to do. We have work to do. I think we should get help. But I will tell you that if you um, get help, you might find out, you know what? No, I love you with all my heart. We're going to spend the rest of our life together and holding hands and all that good stuff. I said, you may decide that we may decide together that we love each other for who we are, you know, but this is who we are. And I'm okay with that. You may decide that this is what you want. And we'll, we will accept each other for who we are and keep this marriage together. And I said, you know, Michael, you might decide this isn't really what you wanted. And I said, but I'm going to promise you three things. I promise you one, I will be devastated. I'll be crushed Mm. because I want this marriage and I love you. Second thing, I promise you I'll be okay. I will be okay. If you decide Mm. to go, I have the strength to grow forward and move forward because what I want most in life is for you to be happy with you. Mm. And thirdly, I will not make you feel bad for it. I will not make you feel bad for whatever decision you make. And there's that weight off the shoulders again. That happened for Michael. I didn't know it. I did not know it until weeks later Hmm. when after his sober date, we went away for a good weekend. And he told me at that moment, this huge weight just came off of his shoulders and this sigh of relief. And, you know, we've, here we are almost 20 years married later, just by the saving grace of God. Yeah. So I'm thinking that in a time where it would be easier to pull back and not let yourself be vulnerable, you were willing to just kind of lay it all out there yeah. for him and yeah. share your heart, be honest and open. Yeah. And God did a pretty special thing there. He really did. Denise, he did. He did. And let me tell you, life is not without its challenges. Three years into his sobriety, uh, you know, we suffered a bankruptcy when when we had the big market crash. Mm. Um, His dreams of doing more with development, actually a dream of creating a recovery village, Mm. um, kind of took a huge giant step back. Um, And we just had to start over. We lost two, you know, we lost, each lost our fathers. 
And so challenge after challenge, and I think about what marriages go through when they have a financial crisis like that. And it was difficult. But if it wasn't for our church community, our church family, our go-to, mm-hmm. when you when you have those resources and when you start developing the type of wisdom that that God teaches you through the Bible and through his people, yeah. you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we didn't know what was going to happen, but the fear wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we were going to be able to walk through it together. That's beautiful. So what would you recommend? What advice would you give to someone who is in a relationship with someone who's going through addiction and feeling kind of hopeless? My very first and the most important is to take a step back and take care of you. Take care of yourself. For me, for me, it was definitely strength in the Lord. It, I, I have lo- I've looked, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in the for over 25, I mean, 30 years, I've been in the sales industry. I've been in the coaching and training industry. And I've taken every great motivation, sales, you could everything you can yes. think of. Nothing compares to the wisdom um, and strength that is provided in the word of the Lord. Mm. And Amen. it amazes me today that you read a chapter or scripture, you take a study of something you've studied five, ten times before, and you're hearing something totally right? new and different. Isn't that wonderful? And I, I have to say that because that is my strength. And that, you know, mm-hmm. so, but when it's all said and done, it's it's the analogy we've heard our whole life. Put your oxygen mask on first. Yes. When you're in a plane and they say, put that on first before assisting others. That could never be more true mm-hmm. for a situation like this. And get the right help. There's so many resources and help out there. And you don't have to pick the one that first comes to you. Get out there. Meet people. Talk to, pe- talk to people. And take care of yourself. And want the best for that other individual. Want the best for your, your loved one who's mm-hmm. suffering. Addiction is um, it's ugly. And most oftentimes, depending on what kind of addiction it is and how severe, it's a brain disease too, Denise. Mm. And they need help. So any way you can help somebody get help and support for themselves Mm -hmm. without the main priority being for your own self, right? But for them is the best gift you can give each other. It's the best gift you can give each other. What would be one of your go-to verses from God's Word that has really held you through this time? I'd have to say, and I think it was meant to be, when I was 18, one of my really good girlfriends from my childhood days, who moved far away from me, mailed me in the mail um, the Philippians 4.13 verse. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. And do you know I carried that in my wallet for years until my wallet got stolen. And then I said, well, somebody else must have needed it because <laughs> I've memorized it and I know this. And I have to say that verse always does come back to mm-hmm. me. And, and God must have meant for that verse to be the one verse mm-hmm. other than the Lord's Prayer that I mm-hmm. knew until I was 40 years old, to be honest. Wow. 40 before I started studying any kind of scripture and um, and it's interesting that the whole Philippians chapter became a 
a big favorite of mine too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What's something that you would just love to brag on God about from this last year? <laughs> what do I want to brag on God about? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. There's too many. Do you know this last year has been a challenging one for a lot of people? Mm-hmm. And although I've heard it, heard the challenges, I've had a very joyful experience being at home more. This has been an extremely challenging year for everybody mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic, uh, with restrictions. And I'm grateful that for Zoom, right? Because right. I've stayed very connected, actually more more interaction with small groups than ever. Right. Right. So, I found that too. Oh, it's been beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I've taken advantage of that. So we definitely stay connected, everybody, in that way, probably more so. And God really showed up. Because I'll tell you, I literally grew more than Mm -hmm. I think I've ever grown this past year. Maybe it was because I had more time with him, uh, maybe more focus. But he led a lot of people my way. Mm -hmm. And nothing feels greater than feeling like, God gave you just the right thing at the right time to say Yeah. if somebody asks you something. But not only that, he tells you when to just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and that's always been hard for me. <laughs> and um, and the, I'm learning. Mm. I'm learning. And um, so if I were to brag on God, it would be how he has shown up through the worst storm that this area has seen in a long mm, time yes, and in real crisis. And if you opened your arms to him and opened yourself up to him, he used you. Mm-hmm. He's so faithful. He is extremely faithful. We were never meant to journey alone. Whether you're having a great day or a hard one, we need each other to celebrate and to stand in the gap. Sharing our stories helps remind us that we are not alone. And when we sit with women who sit at the feet of Jesus, the conversations are different. We walk away feeling inspired, not inferior, because we know this Christian walk is a race, but not a competition. I'm your host, Denise Harper, encouraging you to catch up with a friend or make a new one and enjoy some good conversation over the rims of mugs.